What's up, everybody? I'm Jarrell Labson. And I'm Zario Villegas, and you're listening to Comic Book Insider. A podcast by comic book fans for comic book fans who love... Wait, I'm... <laughs> a podcast by comic book fans who love comics and want to explore the world of comics for comic book fans who also love comics and also want to explore the world of comics. Cue intro! Episode six. Second, we made it. Second, I say that every time. I know, I know we made it. <laughs> Come on, we made it. Okay, okay. No, it's right. like a it's like a seven seventeen year old in the hood turning eighteen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay, we <laughs> I haven't got to that book yet. We're from Stockton, guys. We, we can say stuff like that, right? No, I'm just kidding. Diversity is killing... Con- no, I'm just kidding. No. Gosh. <laughs> we're, we're jumping the gun way ahead. But yeah, episode six, uh, we, we've had a great time. Last last episode was super action-packed. This episode, it, it, it's looking action-packed. We're, we're <laughs> for different see- reasons, though. For different reasons. <laughs> for different reasons. But yeah, so Zuriel, what do we have going on? Yeah, so in a comic book talk, we got some DC stuff going on. We got some final notes to talk about for Superman Reborn, and the button came out today. It came out, and Dude, it's nuts. We're shook. We're shook. I'm still. Let's just stop the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And then we got Marvel. Uh, they they made some weird statements these past because ever since we uh, since our last episode, they made some weird statements. We're gonna talk about that. I read Black Panther and the Crew, which we talked about in our very second episode, and I'll talk about that as well. And uh, also some other Marvel news that goes along with diversity statements and all this Marvel crazy. They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, uh, not a good way to not a not a good time to be uh, in public relations for Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, comic book announcements. We got some. We got a lot going on in comic book announcements. Yeah. It's been an action-packed uh, couple weeks. A little too uh, much. Yeah, a little, little little too much. A little too much. We got some. We got some comic book news for DC, Valiant, Marvel. We got some uh, movie casting. We got some TV news, movie news, director news. <laughs> it's, it's all over the it's, place. It's, it's, got it's, some controversy, like always. Got some teases. It's, it's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. We're going to go into live action talk with DC. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bias toward the DCAU. The DCAU. Uh, DC Extended Universe. Uh, yeah. For those that don't know, that's what the movie universe is called. Yeah. I mean, uh, and also, we're not fanboys, so please don't attack us for talking about the bias, because that's what people do. And then we got some uh, Marvel stuff going on. We got Thor Ragnarok trailer came out. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We got some reactions. And, um, you know, some Star Wars stuff, maybe. Star Wars is Marvel, so... Yeah, technically. 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 And then uh, I also got some uh, little little small mini, mini couple sentence review about the new DC animated movie, The Judas Contract, Teen Titans. Pretty crazy. 80 sentences later. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. well, After After his 80 sentence review, we're going to go into learning. This is our second episode going into Bloodshot. I did the modern run. Yeah, and I did the classic run, and uh, pretty, pretty... We're, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty different. <laughs> and then we have personal learning. I don't know what to talk about yet, but I've, I've read some stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, for mine, I did a... Dark Horse's Black Hammer. I still have Black Horse's Black Hammer. You it out as Black Horse's Black Hammer, Dark yeah. Hammer. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, Dark Horse's Black Hammer, which is uh, pretty, pretty pretty good, pretty good. And, and on yeah. that note, let's cue that noise. Transition. So, DC Rebirth, crazy developments, right? Yeah, so um, they had the wrap-up for that Superman Reborn storyline. They're doing the aftermath right now, but I just wanted to do a quick recap because now that it's over, we got, got to 
kind of got the full picture of what happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but I'm just going to put some of the parts that I think have ramifications for DC, <laughs> you know, like always. Some Avi ramifications. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one of the quick things that I want to do in first before I go ham with the ending is um, the the part about Mr. Mexelplitz is that he had a back and forth with Superman and I think was uh, Action Comics... 976. I don't know what number they're on, but there was there was a six at the end. Or no, that was a five. It was five. <laughs> Anyways, um, he was talking to Superman, or he was ta- no, he was talking to Jonathan, which is uh, Superman's son, and he was just stating that um, out of every reality, every version of Superman, this is the one he always comes back to, which is the pre fifty two Superman. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was interesting because that just confirms that Mister Mexelplitz is the only Mister Mexelplitz yeah. ever jumping universes yeah he acknowledges that in the comic yeah in the comic itself it kind of in the fourth wall yeah it breaks uh, the fourth wall it jumps into it shows like animation it shows the original uh comic art for the original superman when he first debuted and it shows like different versions of him and different versions of superman throughout you know superman's artistic history at least yeah. and then it goes even into like superman the animated series like, I mean, he was the same one there yeah. it showed him as a lego lego character with yeah. lego superman and That's it was just weird. like and it's he was weird, just like yeah. yeah and he just said that was me the whole time and you know it showed and, him like, with dimension yeah it, sh- it showed it showed him with bizarro and he was just like out of every version of superman you know your dad, pre-52 Superman, is my Superman. He's, like, my best friend. Even though Superman, like, hates him because he's annoying. But, like, yeah. he's, he never thought of him as a villain. He was just a nuisance. But um, mm-hmm. that was just, like, one of the things that, like, out of every version, uh, Mr. Mexelplitz actually kind of looked up to the new 52 Superman because he's the one that challenged him the most. Yeah. Uh, pre-52. Sorry about that. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, pretty you know? crazy development for the character of Mr. Mexelplitz. Yeah. Dude, if he came out in, like, the 40s or whatever, yeah. whatever the hell he came out, I wonder how people back then, like, read it. They're like, Mr. Mexel, what the... <laughs> There's I don't this, what know. What is this propaganda? I was like, what is this? Is this a commie? Or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then um, some, some final notes on that is that, um, you know, it ended, like, uh, like I said last time, it ended with the love that Jonathan had for... Uh, pre-52 Superman, his parents kind of turned into this blue energy. Uh, pre-52 Superman and Lois Lane turned into this blue energy. And Mr. Messelplitz said, I'll give you your parents back, which ended up being the new 52 versions. And, you know, they didn't know who he was. You're like, you're not my son. You're not, you know, we don't have kids. We're not together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, please just give me a chance, you know, just, you know, listen, hear me out. And the voices of the pre-52 counterparts, like, spoke to the new 52 counterparts. And they were just like, that's our son. And they fused with, you know, their counterparts. Yeah, they fused, together, they fused yeah. together. They became one being for each uh, Superman and Lois Lane. Their respective timelines fused. All their interactions fused. It kind of mm-hmm. just gave up, like you know it's pretty vague and it's kind of like yeah, you know yeah. if you're like a, a hardcore like you know comic picker you're gonna be like ah that doesn't make sense or i don't know what's happening or that's uh, lame yeah, yeah. but i mean it's a comic book you think yeah, no it makes sense yeah it definitely makes sense uh if you guys want to hear a more in-depth uh review on that issue yeah. listen to our last episode yeah so that's where we really go ham but yeah. um just some some like, yeah, like again final notes is it it showed the timelines unifying and it mr oz saw the timelines unifying yeah and he like he was taken back he was said you know i guess true love really does conquer all and he's like but can superman stand up against or he's like superman stood up against uh us he stands up against like what's happening but can he stand up against him and the last panel was zooming into mars and we all know what that means zooming into mars yo Mr. Oz was saying, you know, can Superman stand up against him? 
zooming into Mars. We're going to get <laughs> Superman versus, versus Dr. Manhattan, <laughs> who was the Superman of his world. You know, he, they're like, this is the Superman, you know, the yeah. news articles and I'm, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, I don't know how the hell they're going to go up against Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, no, it's going to be nuts. He's already causing the whole rift in the universe. Yeah, like, we haven't how... even got to the button yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we're gonna talk about that in like a few seconds but yeah. damn like I, I can't even imagine like them taking on Dr. Manhattan yeah and but, it's kind of like it, it's just really cool cause it's like you know Superman and Dr. Manhattan they're both these like overpowered characters respectively I mean mm-hmm. they have their weaknesses Dr. Manhattan being more you know I uh thought processing ideological like disconnect with humanity yeah yeah he has a disconnect which I don't really I never really saw him as a villain mm-hmm. yeah I mean? he wasn't a villain so that's why yeah. I'm like kind of confused or we don't know what his motives are yeah we still don't know yeah Yeah. so we're it's going to be interesting to see that development but Mm -hmm. i'm really like that panel that you showed me just yeah 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 and quick thing too is that i i i I threw this at Jarrell the other day but i was like it'd be dope if you know (laughs) in the the dr manhattan you know reveal or whatever the issue started off with like martian manhunter being like you know hey, look, you know, in Manhunter school or in Martian school, and he's like, you know, he has, like, pictures, and there are all these little Martians are going through their books, and it's, like, cave drawings of Dr. Manhattan in the atom symbol. Because I'm like, dude, Martians are telepaths. Dr. Manhattan is, like, you know, telepath across reality and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if they threw that in there, I'd be like, here's my social security, DC, you know. (laughs) You can have everything. (laughs) Just take it all and just give me these stories. The ultimate subscription service. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> life <laughs> but these stories though right like let's be real uh speaking of stories today april 8th 19th the day that we were recording batman issue 21 came out we've been anticipating this for all episodes every single episode we every talk about the button we uh, always coming. talk about rebirth and we always it, talk about the button and it came out today yeah part one initial thoughts that long pause i'm not even gonna edit it out because that's the that's the first response yeah (laughs) that's your initial thought and don't take that negatively we're like it's a positive yeah it's a positive pause we're just like if you're a fan of any of this or any of the source material you're just gonna be like what and the most positive what like I want more. Like, I tweeted earlier today, please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> like, I need more. This, that's the only, the, the thing they always do with, you know, the Rebirth yeah. Mysteries. Like, they are like, tease, tease. tease and this one, yeah. they're like, here's all of this, you know, story yeah. and all that, you know, and then it just ends and you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, okay, first of all, it starts off with Saturn Girl in prison. Yeah, definitely. Right? And uh, it shows her watching a hockey, and she's predicting the future. So, yeah. I'm assuming, because I'm not knowledgeable, mm-hmm. um, Saturn Girl doesn't have, like, future reading abilities, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Saturn Girl. The Legion of Heroes was always, like, kind of gray to me, just because, like, they only came... I only I only noticed them when they were inconvenience of, you know, crossing over with other characters like Supergirl okay. or Justice okay. League or T-Titans or whatever. But I think what I have heard is that she is a telepath, and she obviously hails from the future because she's with the Legion. So and the so far, I mean, the Legion did pop up at, as, as a possible timeline, but it's not 
like we don't know much about what is going on with the legion like they're as vague as what is happening with the justice okay. society because it seems like the the reason why they're putting it in the issue it shows that she's living in like two different timelines probably or or, you know future, yeah like a little, little like she, someone we know up yeah. in mars yeah you know I mean? exactly so i don't know if uh like dr manhattan's like presence mm-hmm. in the dc universe is affecting these characters like, yeah it shows saturn girl being affected mm-hmm. in ways that we don't know why mm-hmm. uh but that was pretty that was a pretty crazy intro yeah yeah definitely she was like talking about you know something with superman and she's like we can't stop this and, and that, the whole that's time a rebirth right yeah, yeah yeah and that the whole the the whole time um you know she was watching a <laughs> gotham versus metropolis hockey game which yeah. is like i saw one of the tweets you know this is just thrown there i saw one of the tweets and everybody was like you know this must be one of the greatest things for writing uh you know this book is that you get to make up <laughs> the mascots of these <laughs> these hockey players yeah, gotham blades yeah and, um, the metropolis mammoths <laughs> uh but anyways anyways <laughs> back back to reality um but yeah dude the button like okay so only <laughs> only critique i had which i was you you heard me when i was reading is that the the minute count is inaccurate <laughs> dude speedsters speedsters time uh the speed force okay <laughs> Not to go ham, but, uh, okay. In the DC universe, there's, like, you know, all of reality and whatnot. Yeah, and then yeah, there's, yeah. like, time, which exists, like, on the outside. Yeah, and yeah. then on the outside of that is the, the speed, speed force. force. So yeah. it's, like, cheating. So, but, I mean, you no, know, I, mean, I get it. I get it. No, I think it was just, like, a cool thing just to see. No, it, no, it you know, it would have cool, been... Like, the pacing. Was yeah, cool. yeah. You know, I was, like... Like, I get why they put a, the actual time just so we can get a better, you know, you know physical, like, how yeah, fast all this is happening. Yeah, exactly. But I was kind of hoping it would be the doomsday clock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have been yeah. good. That would've Anyways, been, that would have been dope. Yeah. No, like, uh, no. I mean, it showed like one second pass by between Batman lunging at Reverse Flash and him landing on the other side because Reverse Flash uh, vibrated so yeah. fast. Yeah, he phased through. Yeah. yeah, he phased through, and uh, I was like, that was one second, and I was like, no, 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 Batman's not that fast. <laughs> yeah, but then like when it showed, I don't reverse, know, man. He's Batman. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> prep I don't time. Know. Prep time. <laughs> no, Anyways, yeah. Cool. No, no, prep time. <laughs> With prep time, you can do anything. Um, reverse Flash, it showed him, like, punch Batman in three panels, mm-hmm. and it stayed at 46 seconds, which I thought was dope, because, yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's, that's Reverse Flash. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's Speedster, that's, I mean. That's speedster, yeah. But other than that, no, I love that they put that there, just because yeah, it's definitely. like, we're anticipating Flash to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were trying to see how long Batman's lasting with Reverse Flash. Look what he did to Batman yeah. in a minute. Yeah. Surprisingly, look how much he did to reverse flash in a minute. I was just like, yeah. "Wow!" I mean, it's Batman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But you know, I guess that's always reverses Flash's weakness. He's like, yeah. "I'm so cocky. I'm so good that I have this fight down." And yeah. surprise, you, you don't do that to Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The nine panel thing, though. Yeah, that was making it great pacing. Yeah, for the for the first issue and great art, man. I'm, those I'm like those pl- those punches were just like in reverse flash colors. It was like all red, black, and. Uh, and, yellow. and yellow, which, which is also the button, button, button. which also yeah. the convenient button. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so like, good. I was like, it's oh, that, that detail, dude. But dude, before Reverse Flash showed up, who else showed up? Flashpoint, Thomas Wayne. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Batman's like, Daddy, <laughs> Papa, <laughs> Papa, Papa, is that you, Papa? inside joke we've been having for a while (laughs) but uh anyways like uh yeah so like batman was like watching the hockey game you know batman 
I guess watches hockey, which is cool. Um, he was watching. I, it was a good transition between the prison and the Batcave, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It was showed cool. her watching the hockey game, and then it showed Batman with all these monitors, and the hockey game just happened to go on. And he had the button, and he was doing that, you know, like uh, I don't know what or, you call it, uh, that, that finger twirl with like coins that people yeah. do. Coin trick, yeah, like dude from American Gods, <laughs> yeah, and then um, he like just tossed the button into Psycho Pirate's mask, which was you know the the I Am Bane story arc dealt with Psycho Pirate, you know because mm-hmm. Bane used Psycho Pirate, Batman stole Psycho Pirate, you know they have yeah, all yeah. this thing going on, but they interacted together, yeah, and then Psycho Pirate goes back to Infinite Crisis and its importance, but that's a story for another day. But mm-hmm. so the the button ended up touching Psycho Pirate's mask, Speed Force electricity shot out, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne saw Bruce. He actually said son, and, you know, they yeah. had that whole interaction. Faded away, and uh, Batman was like, Flash, I need you here now. Some Speed Force shit's going on. And, you know, uh... What does it mean when your dad's trying to talk to you, Flash? <laughs> oh, my like, God. I don't know, man. He's like, my dad's in prison. <laughs> anyway, no. Nah, I got daddy issues, dude. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, he's kind of just like, oh, I thought, you know, Flash's like fighting some robot samurais or whatever samurais yeah and he's like i'll be there in a minute and then you know that's what the galaxy s8 turns into (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's like i'll be there in a minute and then you know he hears the lightning zoom and he's like oh yeah you know flash thought i was gonna be there in a minute and then he reverse flash shows up and he punches flash and he's like quite the reverse actually and i I always love those lines man i know And, and the tv show he was just like uh when they first said it and he was like the flash and he's like no some call me the reverse, and I was like shook. And that's just the same shookness I had here. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, he must have got punched. Out. He got sucker punched. That was yeah. all, buddy, from behind. It was just yeah. Like, but yeah, at the end, uh, they he, duked he it picks, out for a while. He duked it out for the minute. <laughs> yeah, for the one minute. For the like, longest minute. <laughs> longest minute in comic book history. But Reverse Flash ended up with the Watchmen button, and he yeah. said, "What is the mystery behind you?" Yeah, he's like drawn to it. So yeah, he. He acknowledged that he something acknowledged brought him back, back to life. Yeah, and that he's drawn to it. Yeah. And he goes to the buttons, so something... Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the buttons from the Watchmen universe and Dr. Manhattan interacted with it mm-hmm. in some sort of way. The comedian's yeah. button, you know. Uh, but apparently, yeah, Reverse Flash is drawn to that for some reason. Hence, he picked it up. Mm-hmm. But then he disappears in the Flash. Yeah, he disappears for a good couple seconds, and then he reappears. Yeah. Which I didn't expect. He reappears with blue light. Yeah, blue, blue aura. You know, with yeah. little particles going around him. Yeah, and he just said, "God." Yeah, he's and like, then I'm like oh, half he's of his body's burning. Yeah, he's with like, blue fire. Yeah, and he's like, "God," and then it and zooms then, into his face, and, and his his face is like caving in, and it's like de- like you know dematerializing at the same time. And then he said, "I saw." god yeah like, oh and he dies yeah and he dies right there flash shows up late like always yeah, and he's just like, like oh shit i'll go back to central city <laughs> and he's like i guess i showed up too late and then it's batman laying there bloodied uh with the reverse flash half decomposed yeah so, i mean and i don't and, know how far that goes because you know speedsters and they're re-healing or whatever but, I didn't uh, even know they could regenerate. Yeah, they have like a some sense. Ah, oh, speedsters, well, I mean, speedsters are. If there's loopholed. gonna be a reverse Flash story arc later, later on, on, then he has to come back. Maybe. maybe that's the thing. The, the speedster thing is always confusing because they'll be like, "Okay, oh, reverse Flash dies here, but this is reverse Flash at another point of his timeline." Because when they go inside the Speed Force, it's That's like true. cheating. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, it gets complicated. But anyways. But, yeah, so that was the intro. And yeah. And now we're, like, everybody's, like, what the F? Yeah. Yo. 
Yo. <laughs> first things first, we need to figure out, and we will find out, hopefully, if the storytelling's good, which it will be, because it was good here. Yeah. Uh, we need to find out why the button was in the Batcave. Definitely. Why is it with, yeah, why is it even in there? How mm-hmm. did it end up in there? Yes. Where did it even come from? Like, mm-hmm. how come Dr. Manhattan put it there? Or, you know, maybe Thomas Wayne had something, like, he was yeah. figuring out something and it ended up there because it ended up with the letter. Yeah. Which, reverse flash, tore apart. Yeah, unfortunately. How sad, man. And he's like, Papa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will avenge you, father! I know. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a sad moment in the in the issue. But yeah, like, yeah, I there's mean, a lot of mysteries coming. Yeah, I'm, the, like, the thing I've been theorizing this whole time is just, like, you know, Manhattan's manipulating reality and the universe and the multiverse, even, because, I mean, Mr. Oz is plugging these characters out of, like, you know the phantom zone like he took doomsday out of the phantom zone the phantom zone is like sometimes it's his own universe sometimes it's another thing yeah yeah kind of confusing but these characters have reach across the whole multiverse like appears so i mean the thing that i've just been thinking about really is just you know is this is the all the stuff with the the speed force and the flash and the button and all that is that kind of like the universe is like reaction to it like they're trying to warn yeah characters like this is like their self-defense yeah yeah, the universe the multiverse is self-defense is is like trying to get the speed force to manipulate this stuff because you know i mean why would manhattan kill him if he was drawn to it but he was drawn to it and he was drawn to the lightning of the speed force yeah that became dr manhattan's like you know there's like there's there's like you know odds going against each other right there and then it ties into those covers that we see later on with the other speedster returning uh jay garrick yeah so it's kind of just like What's it's Jay on? Garrick, like a messenger of the Speed Force. He's like, okay, well, I don't exist anymore. The JSA doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Someone's manipulating it. I exist now. Anyways, that's yeah. that's for further issues. But so, still, like, I mean, there's we still got mysteries. But that's kind of like what I'm thinking. But that's just me. Yeah, I'm hoping the last three issues are longer. Uh, I mean, this is a good intro, mm-hmm. but I hope they're not this short all the time. Yeah, no, yeah. for real. So, yeah, like yeah. I, you know, I felt it's too short, but. Yeah, at the same time, it, so much happened. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the, the intro. intro. So. It's the intro, and you know, a great sh- intro. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing intro. <laughs> and then we got three more issues of the button going on, and then we got you know some two prelude books coming out uh, in a couple months, and then we got this DC summer event. And, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure they said those stuff is going to cover you know the ramifications of this, so it's going to happen. You know, yeah, DC for the win while marvel is holding these l's sad day for marvel fanboys <laughs> yeah i mean uh, not that we're like you know dogging yeah, on yeah them. no we're not dogging. i mean it's we just, love we just want everybody i to love see. marvel dude. yeah I, I grew up i'm a marvel dude i'm yeah. a marvel dude zariel knows that yeah yeah but i grew uh, up Mary Jane. Yeah, like you know, that was that was my jam. But uh, so on to Marvel. uh, They made some statements that shook the comic book community. Not even Uh, just the comic book community. This was like on the news. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Some uh, comic book people I follow on, like you know, on YouTube, and uh, I just I'll just say a comic historian was on the BBC talking about this. You know. So this is like some real, real controversial stuff. Pretty crazy. So, you know, originally they said what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. Stupid thing to say. They they didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new, our female characters, anything that was not core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. 
that was difficult for us because we had a lot of fresh, new, exciting ideas that we were trying to get out and nothing really worked. Fresh, new, exciting ideas, maybe, yes. Trying to get them out, the delivery was not that well executed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like, just, just a quick uh, throw in there is that they had... Um... Uh, someone else mentioned this who talked about this topic on, you know, YouTube, but uh, Dead No More for Spider-Man. Yeah. That was a big event that was happening. And at the same time, Monsters Unleashed was happening. And no one knew about Monsters Unleashed anymore because everybody was focused on Dead No More. Yeah, was that, I don't even... Yeah, and it was supposed to be a big thing because they hyped it up last year. They're like, Monsters Unleashed is going to be its own book. It's going to be a big event with all the Marvel characters. And then it's going to get its own spin-off book. It's going to be, you know, a couple issues yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that that's just one of the things that we're going to talk about later is that they have events on events. And, on events, yeah. And they have, all, they have a lot of things going on. And they're kind of just using diversity as a scapegoat. Yeah, I don't know. See, we saw that. That's what we saw in sales. Yeah. Mm, no. I don't know how you're translating that yeah. because it's not that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. What you need to really what they need to reflect on is their execution mm-hmm. of these new stories and the writing of the stories. That's that's it. Yeah. That's like, that's that's what you saw in sales. Not it's not the diversity that's killing it. It's just the execution of these and quality of and writing. Quality of writing. It, they just need to change it up. But you know he made some backtrack statements. Marvel's David. Gabriel reached out to correct the statement. He said, It was discussed candid- candidly by some of the retailers at the summit. We heard that some were not happy with the false abandonment of the core Marvel heroes, which is, you know, a true thing. And contrary to what some said about characters not working, the sticking factor in popularity for a majority of these new titles and characters, like Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, The Mighty Thor, Spider Gwen, Miles Morales, the Moon Girl, continue to prove that our fans and retailers are excited about these new heroes yes and let me be clear that our new heroes are not going anywhere hopefully (laughs) we are proud and excited to keep introducing unique characters that reflect new voices and new experiences into the marvel universe and pair them with our iconic heroes so that's a pretty good retractment statement they also said, we have also been hearing from stores that welcome and champion our new characters and titles and want more. They've invigorated. That's just them trying to save yeah. themselves. Not even going to finish it. They're like, oh, people want to buy our stories. It's just they're not selling. Like, I'm, Yeah, I'm, no, see, that's what. That's a sales thing. That's a sales <sighs> That's a sales statement, dude. I, I work for a corporate. <laughs> I work for a corporation. I would know these things. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're right. Like, we are excited about new heroes and new mm-hmm. stories. You know, them pairing with iconic heroes, that's a good thing. So, yeah, and that's just, I mean, another thing that I'm going to say that, you know, they, we're going to talk about this also, but they said, um, they're, they made some statements about not doing events for a while. But, um, yeah, so they said some statements about um, not not doing events for a while. They uh, So they said that they uh, Marvel would be putting to bed what he calls, uh, what uh, the, the VP, uh, David Gabriel, said, uh, that they would be putting to bed uh, big crossover events for at least 18 months so you know we'll see how that goes um you know they said that we haven't talked about for uh, about one for 18 months and those that would be the very last for quite a while that's the other thing is like big events but the thing is that you know a lot of the small events overlap that we don't even know they're like happening and that yeah. it's just like bad messaging at the same time because secret or uh, secret empire is coming out right now but Marvel, like, their um, advertising or whatever, is already advertising this um, Marvel Legacy mini-event that's coming out where they're pairing the 
uh, new heroes with their original counterparts. Uh, that's like literally what this dude was just saying in this in the last statement that I said. Yeah, Martin, yeah. You know, and pair them with the iconic. Yeah, character. that's actually an event that's happening right after Secret Empire, and they're advertising it. And Secret Empire still on issue zero, uh, so that's like another thing to you know. Dude, like <laughs> slow your roll, bro. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're all down for these stories. Just yeah. pacing. Yeah, pacing. just pace yourself, man. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited that they're gonna go on hiatus for. 18 months for events. Uh, yeah big events. for big events for big events i guess huge events i guess line wide yeah line wide i guess you know pairings mm-hmm. aren't really events mm-hmm. even it, though they're all called legacy for every yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah whatever <laughs> um but no i mean it's good that they're gonna take a step back because one of the big complaints that everyone is saying is that you guys are having way too many events which is true. So the fact that they're going to stop for a while and kind of like, I hope with those 18 months, they can all get together and like, all right, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Let's, and 18 months, that's a year and six months. That's mm-hmm. a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Math. <laughs> Math is why we're doing comic book podcasts. Yeah, so for a year and a half, if they're going to take a break from line wide and, you know, they come back with something that should have been Marvel mm-hmm. now part 2 yeah, and stuff. Cuz you know, I mean, they, they just need like a solid consistent yeah. map of what they're going to I mean, they they have a solid map for their movie universe. Yeah. But in terms of yeah. like every uh for their comic books, they kind of just like every year they're like, you know, relaunch, reboot and no ramifications and whatever you cared about doesn't matter they're uh, gonna be like in 18 months the, the movie universe the mcu is in the comic universe they're one thing yeah they're like, like actually secret wars 3 <laughs> all the universes are one universe and we're just like oh no we're just reading <laughs> we're reading the movies yeah robert downey jr in comic books oh my gosh but no, like in all seriousness, I hope that in these eighteen months they could pump out some some great ideas that they develop on and mm-hmm. have a plan for instead yeah. of just going gung ho and being like Marvel Rebirth. <laughs> I know. Or Marvel All New, All Different Rebirth Part Two. Yeah. Forget all the diverse new characters that you kind of love and starting to love. We're gonna forget all about them, make them cameos and just go back to our core, you yeah, know. Which is another fear of everybody. Yeah. Uh, writer of Kamala uh, Khan uh, as Miss Marvel, G. Willow Wilson, you know, she responded to Gabriel's uh, comments saying that diversity as a form of performative guilt doesn't work, which means they forced it. Yeah, because it was clearly forced. Rue Williams. I mean, we exactly. love Rue Williams. We're down for Rue Williams, but that was on the spot. See, there's a difference between someone having black friends and uh-huh. someone saying, I have black friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, which is Marvel. That's what they're yeah. doing with these things. Okay. Literally uh, she, so, so she uh, she criticized Marvel's tendencies uh, to introduce the new iterations of fan favorites. So she said, by killing off or humiliating the, humiliating the original character, who wants a legacy if the legacy is crappy? Exactly. Yeah, she has exactly. a point. She has a point. So I don't know. They just shoehorned in these new characters and took the original characters out. Clearly if they did it in a different way uh, like set up you know build up better set up better know, pacing yeah. better build up and we would know, have been down more I, uh, exactly what she said you know killing off your character out of nowhere and then replacing it with a new character in the next issue or humiliating the previous version mm-hmm. making him a nazi you know i, I don't know is this 
it's kind of things where you're just like, yeah, of course, but it kind of sucks. And it kind of sucks that they're saying, oh, diversity is a problem, which is clearly not. Yeah, clearly not. Yeah. They're stories. Uh, speaking of stories, we can move on to something <laughs> I just read uh, that came out last week's new comic book day. <laughs> on the note of diversity. Black Panther and the crew. Which is one of the ones that is working. Written by Tanisi Coates and Yona Harvey uh, with art by Butch Geis. Beautiful art. Uh, great writing. Dude, this was what we expected from our second episode when we first uh, tried to tackle this whole Marvel diversity thing mm-hmm. and saying this works well. First of all, these are Black Panther and the crew is something that happened before. Yeah. Uh, it's made up of uh, legacy characters, which is Misty Knight, Black Panther, Luke Cage, mm-hmm. Manifold, and Storm. So the intro starts off with Misty Knight uh, as like, it seems like she's the main character of this issue. I don't know if that's going to be how it is for every issue, but it was, this issue was like definitely a very powerful start. It doesn't show everybody. Misty Knight is tackling, it starts off with a protest against police brutality. Okay. Misty Knight is a detective. Yeah. So she's on the police side, but you know. I don't know. It was just great writing because, you know, people are protesting because somebody in a prison died mysteriously under police mm-hmm. uh, provision. Yeah. So they're blaming the police like, oh, you guys killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, very even real. Though, yeah, very real. But uh, Missy Knight is really trying to figure out why did this person die? Why in police custody? Uh, what's going on? What's the, you know, what what happened? But the person who did die was the leader. Okay, so it kind of starts off with like an old super group in the 50s uh, made up of African Americans. And uh, they all had superpowers and they took down like all the bad guys in Harlem. Oh, dope. Yeah. Uh, and the, the person that hired him to do that was like the top crime boss. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then they're like, oh, he's like, oh, glad you took down my competition. And then mm-hmm. they're like, well, guess who we're going to take down next? And then they <laughs> yeah. take them down. And oh, then nice. so they, they were like the original kind of like the crew. They yeah. all had their own superpowers. Sweet. Fast forward to today, uh-huh. that leader is the one that freaking died in the prison cell. <laughs> Dang, man, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's freaking good. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and Misty Knight is like, like, how come I didn't see like that was his identity? Uh-huh. I guess nobody really knew. Yeah, uh, but she found out. His name's like Ezra, and uh, he got arrested for like protesting. Mm-hmm. I guess even it was like a nonviolent protest, but he was protesting a new apartment complex that opened up that had like that wasn't for the people of Harlem, but it was like gentrification. Yeah, dude, he was protesting gentrification. Dude, he got this arrested. is so real. <laughs> and I was just like turning the page, and I was like, God damn, dude, like it's not even forced. It's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely natural storytelling. Yeah, it's natural storytelling. It's definitely well written, and it definitely highlighted the tension between mm-hmm. uh, police and civilians. But at the same time, you have Missy Knight's character, mm-hmm. who is both black and a cop. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the whole her whole thing is respect. Mm-hmm. So a police was like, they're at a funeral, like trying to get in and try to do something. And then, like, you know, tensions are rising. Missy Knight was like, all right, we do need to get this uh, piece of evidence, but we'll go after. Like, mm-hmm. cop, can you chill out? Yeah. You know, I could carry on from here. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Also, on top of that, because of everything happening, they roll out a new police force, uh-huh. uh, which is like robots. Ooh. 
<laughs> so I was just like, here's the comic book element in mm-hmm. like something that's very real. Like, okay. all right, here's <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, here's that balance that mm-hmm. I need. Like yeah. something that's very real, but then also something that's very comic booky. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like digging the writing yeah. so far. At the end, um, or like Missy Knight is with this uh, character. This character and another character was at a funeral of the person who passed away. Yeah. And that was their uncle. Oh. Now, Missy Knight was with this character who was a woman, and while they were out after um, curfew, mm-hmm. the police were like, like, you guys are out after blah, blah, yeah. blah. I was like, you must get Missy Knight. It's like, I don't have a police officer, and she was like pulling something out. And then they attacked her. Oh, too <laughs> real. Like, I was too like, real. what is going on? Yeah. And then the woman that she was with was Storm. Oh, uh, she had like yeah, a whole yeah, thing yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Missy Knight was like, what the hell? I was like, of course Ezra was your uncle because yeah. he's a superhero or yeah. whatever. And then Storm and her like just murk all the robot cops. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, ah, this is going to be in trouble. So now that just set up the story. Misty Knight is going to try to find out, first mm-hmm. of all, why did Ezra die? Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just going to try to find out that mystery and everything else that's wrong with with Harlem. So I don't know. It's set up for a really great story. Yeah. Has very real elements, very comic book elements. Yeah, and it's very, it's, it's just like a perfect blend of, mm-hmm. of comics and current issues, which is like something that we've been waiting for from Marvel, so yeah. I'm like... And I mean, I, I know, I know, like, in, tying this back to that diversity statement, like, a lot of people were like, Marvel shouldn't do diversity, uh, like, Marvel bad, you know, doing the whole forced diversity, and then some people just believe that, you know, social activism and social commentaries on current issues and past issues and all that shouldn't be in comics in general but and nah. that's like i mean they always have their place they have their place they have their times they have their stories yeah and you know they just need to be done properly like yeah, i think exactly. that's some people who think that they shouldn't be in comics at all like um my personal opinion is you're just wrong like yeah. every place has its own story every place has its own place to be so that's yeah. it shouldn't be it's, it, i mean i get it shouldn't be forced or anything but this is a very natural real story that's comic book you know yeah so i definitely recommend the read uh, i mean even though i told you the basic the general story of the first issue you should definitely still read it and just yeah. to see how they did it for yourself uh but yeah they have that balance mm-hmm. with both sides with misty knight exactly. that character and i'm like see if you bring she, a social issue yeah and then you bring a balance with your character mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what superheroes do, man. Mm-hmm. Like you see both sides, and you just try to find the perfect medium, which is respect. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, I am for it, dude. Yeah, it's... everywhere, every every story has its place. This is the perfect time. This is the perfect yeah. place. But I hope it just doesn't get brushed over because of the statements. Like Marvel's yeah. still releasing great great stories, but you know, yeah, yeah, they just... don't focus on the great stories. <laughs> they're catching a lot of flack for yeah for all the for all we the tell stuff them that all these said. stories are good, and they're like, yeah, you know, Captain America, Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways. It's a cool story. Captain America is a cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get issue zero today, but I didn't read it. So that's oh. that's for next time. I heard, uh, just throwing, I heard mixed reviews, but I mean, you know, always down. Art looks great. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that, no, that was another thing that uh, another, I guess, uh, not to bring this back into a negative, but he kind of dogged some artists on the, um, I don't have the statement with me, but he kind of just pinpointed the two artists that were doing Secret Empire, oh. and he's like, "Yeah, I don't just don't know like other artists don't bring in traction like these two guys." And oh, you know, you know, and then he said something like, "He's just like, and you know, the writers are what brings it in, not the artists," which kind of just like left a whole bunch of artists just like, you know, whoa, like what am I working? Yeah, for right exactly. Now? And oh, some dude. some of the other stories like have really great art, like um, 
on the Black Widow story that happened oh, recently. The, yeah, yeah, the art in there was great. The art in there is really And, great. I mean, I, I've heard comments from some of them. Uh, I've seen some comments from uh, Marvel artists kind of feeling like, wow, like they totally just said, because we're not in the main, we're not in their summer event. We're not drawing their summer event. We don't matter. And uh, this is it's just another thing going on. The whole point that. of comics is the freaking medium that it's it's art it's the storytelling it's the pacing because yeah. of the panels like that's why you read them yeah like you can't just alienate one side of comics and be like oh no it's the writers that... yeah because art plays a huge role in comics definitely, that's why definitely. i reread it I dude image comics like <laughs> god i don't know all right comic book <laughs> announcements let's do this yeah so <laughs> not to be you know negative but we're just gonna jump right into this uh so in comic book announcements, we got uh, Tom King, you know, current Batman writer, current writing the button. Yeah. He's teasing us with a follow-up event called The War of Riddles and Jokes, which is kind of just like a, a brief brief uh, hint, talk about whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, the Riddles and Jokes. It's going to be a war in Gotham between the Riddler and the Joker. And um, yeah, it looks nuts. It looks pretty crazy. And one of the things that I didn't know until most recently was actually that this whole um, arc is actually not in the present day. Oh. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, it's supposed okay. to be a whole flashback arc, which kind of explains, you know, like, you know, right. they're All just right. uh, kind of like, you know, delaying, you know, the you know future events they have planned by That's telling true. a story. That's but true. at the same time, you know, you know, they, they, I'm pretty sure this arc has ramifications. Like, we're going to see, like, some things that, that happened in the past since this is a flashback arc. I'm pretty sure they're going to bring up directly in the arc right after. Be like, oh, okay, you remember this, you know, one yeah. panel on this one page? You know, that was a flashback to five years ago in the comic book world. Yeah. Now, yeah, next arc, in the present day, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, they, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great for developing characters. Yeah. You know, and like definitely Joker, because, Riddler, Batman, yeah, like we haven't Zebra seen the effects. Joker for a while, too, so, you know. I, man, I didn't know it was going to be a flashback arc because I was, like, wondering, like, oh, when's Joker going to come in on Rebirth? But... Yeah, um, we'll save that for another day, but... Okay, uh cool, cool. The, the cover issues for some solicitations show uh, Batman fighting the Joker with Green Lantern. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a blue aura. Just saying, in the background... I'm, that's all I'm gonna say. We'll talk about it next time. But uh, in other news, <laughs> we well, talked about it. It is now. Like, in other right, news, Tom King. Tom King's teasing us some more. He spent uh, tweeting some images of the new gods. Some new art he tweeted was uh, one of Orion, which is um, for those of you know who don't know, Orion was Darkseid's son, but he was traded sons with other gods of uh, New Genesis. You know, they have it's this whole story about you know son trading to end you know war and whatnot. But anyways, he tweeted a picture of him, which was new art, and he's teasing us that he is going to be working on a new God series, which is awesome. I love the new gods. Yeah. I love Jack Kirby's original plan for them, but I and I you know know that you know that didn't work out. But they've been hinting at you know that that's always the foundation. That's always is, the background of their new God story. So I'm down to see what Tom King's gonna do. Is this gonna be something like in the Rebirth universe, or is it gonna be like young animals, kind of like off to the side type deal? Yeah. See, that's the thing we don't really know, but I want to say that it's gonna be something in the present. Like I don't, I don't. Ooh, that'd be tight. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really think that they would go for you know an out of continuity story right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's just that's just my thought. But we we don't have really we don't really have anything about this right now. True, so. true. All right, Wonder Woman artist Liam Sharp left Wonder Woman for another DC book. Yeah, and the other DC book is a mystery, and you know, 
it is kind of sad because that Wonder Woman art was pretty iconic. It had this like old mythological feel yeah, on it, like yeah, those yeah, deep very, black lines. You yeah, know, it, fit, it definitely fit her. But I, I mean, was did he leave for like on his own like decision or? Yeah, yeah, it was his decision. He said he has some great ideas and some great plans for another DC book that he doesn't want to say yet. But I mean, mm, that's gonna be. Yeah. Maybe another female character? Yeah, probably. I mean, That'd be sick. whatever it is, uh, your art's solid, so we're down to see what you do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, surprise, uh, well, like, uh, DC hasn't confirmed this, but various news sources, like Comic Book Resources, ComicBook.com, Superhero Hive, coming soon, have reported that DC is working on a R-rated animated adaptation of The Watchmen. Which is... Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, pretty, do do we need it? I Not really. We need it though. But maybe they're gonna I'm have like an anyways. after credit scene. Yeah, I know, right? In the rebirth, right? <laughs> no, it's gonna. The the, the the reason when I saw this, I was like, oh, okay, so um, rebirth the animated movie. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because there are a lot of the more recent animated movies like have taken place in the new fifty two, and now that the new fifty two is over, I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to push whatever they have going on right now. Sure. Everybody loves rebirth, so. Yeah. Doing um, this, and I'm sure they're gonna, you know, mix, you know, the original animation uh, art style with something they have new. That like, would be pretty cool. You know, bridge the gap. That would be actually freaking cool. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it ended, you know, you know, because um, the animated movies they do do end credit scenes. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they somehow connected it back to, you know, DC Rebirth and did a DC Rebirth animated movie. What's going to draw me in for this one is that, yeah, is the is going to be the art. Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> I mean, cause completely we, the opposite we, of whatever Marvel can we say. We've seen the movie. We've seen, yeah. I mean, the movie story was great to us. We've seen... Um, we read the comics. We read the comics. There's actually... Um, a motion comic version of it i don't i haven't I, uh, i've checked it out a little bit but i haven't gone through it but it's an official motion comic yeah and um i played a watchman video game which was like the end is nigh oh, that was for the cool. xbox 360 a while ago it was, it was dope pretty much set the groundworks for the uh, okay. batman arkham games but anyways so i mean we've seen the watchman over different mediums so i mean i'm down for an animated one yeah i hope it's not the same art as like the justice league movies animated movies nothing wrong with those movies it's yeah. just i feel like that art would not fit the watchman universe exactly. i just hope they do something new mm-hmm. uh that kind of combines like the original art style but with modernizing, like, yeah, but modernizing it and yeah. in, in motion like that'd mm-hmm. be freaking tight but yeah. yeah we're down we're down so in other animated news we have um Should casting we? for the animated <laughs> spider-man sony's animated spider-man movie they have casted miles morales as or Shamik Moore as <laughs> Miles Morales. <laughs> I was like, Miles Morales is voicing Shamik Moore. <laughs> Reverse. <Shalin Fantastic. laughs> uh, but we got Shaolin Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that's how we know him now. The actor who plays Shaolin Fantastic. He was also in Dope. That's pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's all we can think of right now. But yeah. I mean, what have we? What we've seen of him? We love him. He's a he's a great actor. Amazing. And you know, to see him. Out of, you know, everybody, you know, Don Thover, you know, has always been a whole thing with Miles Morales. And he's yeah. animated. He's played the voice for him. But to see, you know, Shaolin Fantastic. Yeah, first of all, Don, Don Glover sounds like a 30-year-old man, guys. Like, yeah. Just get, o- get over that whole internet craze mm-hmm. thing. It happened. It happened. You Shameek, know, enjoy, yeah. enjoy you got, the you TV got show. Shamik Moore, though, I feel like is a great choice. Yeah, and his voice, like, his yeah, voice really fits dude. with Miles. Yeah. Like, every time I've seen him act, I was like, dude... <laughs> Dude, 
Miles. <laughs> like, your voice. Like, sometimes his voice doesn't match his body in, like, some of the roles he plays. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, you have the perfect voice for a voice actor. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we're down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, for some TV news, we have Arrow. They were going on to season six. Season five looks pretty solid. Just throw it in there. I'm digging it. Season uh, four was trash. But anyways, they have um, <laughs> one of their bigger characters, Wild Dog, who is actually, you know, making a big comeback in the comic books as well. He's uh, kind of heavily featured in the DC Young Animal uh, publication. Um, but him and Black Canary are getting up to season regulars, which is dope because we haven't seen a good Black Canary story. We've seen all right, we've seen it. Eh, but anyways, Wild Dog, great character, great room for development. So that's something I'm looking forward to. On the movie side. On the movie side, Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. <laughs> Freaking... The Russian. We got Ivan Drago, uh, Dolph as, Lundgren, as joining the, Aquaman as King Narius, who uh, not much is known about him. I I think he started off in the New Fifty Two. He's a king of another underwater city. Cool. So See, that's good know, world you, building. When you first told me that, my initial reaction was just like, "Ooh, I hope it's not corny." Right? Because I mean, I love the guy, but uh, it's yeah, kind of hard on, for you're, you're stuck in the eighties. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've actually, he's actually uh, been in this current season of Arrow, and oh, it's okay. not that bad, but I don't know, like, for a big movie like Aquaman, you know, these guys, everyone's going to give their uh, more than 100, so hopefully we see that consistently yeah, with him, but, too. Uh, I mean, he he might play a king on a grand scale. Yeah. I think that could work. Yeah. I mean, he's very dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how major his character is when they're going to be two villains in the movie and you got Mara and then you got his parents and there's going to be a lot of characters in that movie so I'm sure this is just you know a part of the world building of you know more underwater cities you know whatever they decide to do with the next I'm I mean it's going to be a trilogy so they're they're setting it up this next casting came out of left field really did like all of us like, and we're just like yeah okay we're down (laughs) like literally makes sense yeah and he looks like him Josh Brolin as Cable, yeah, <laughs> in Deadpool too. You know the end of yo. In, you know the end of uh, what's it, Guardians or yeah, whatever it was, yeah, where he's yeah. like, "I'll do it myself." Yeah, yeah, that's like, literally what happened. They're like, "We can't cast, we can't cast Cable," and then Thanos just came, "I'll do it myself." I know. It's like I'll be Cable. I'll be the best Cable. And dude, that dude's like. He's he's pretty uh, hilarious actually. So like, there's gonna be good chemistry as because he can play like a serious dark humor. I really like, like him as an actor. Yeah, too. I'm uh, so even, solid. I mean, I I hated that Jonah Hex movie that he did, but I was just like, dude, you're awesome. No, he's <laughs> that's really, the only reason I watched it. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's really good. He's also uh, funnily like I, I discovered him through Men in Black Three. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, but he did a great young agent. He did. No, he did. He did. Um, And that movie was surprisingly deep at the end. But uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. But um, him and as as an actor, just as Cable, just really makes sense. Yeah. Even though he's playing Thanos, I felt like Thanos could have been played by the dude who played Hellboy. Like, I don't know oh, why that wasn't yeah. a... I don't know why that wasn't a thing, I think but... he's saving. I think he's saving. He's going to show up as a character one day. Marvel, DC, or we don't know. Or him as Cable. Yeah, or, yeah, him <laughs> as Cable. But I feel like he's saving it. I feel like he's, yeah. like... I feel like Marvel Studios, DC Studios, uh, I feel like all these places, like, go to him every, like, every, at least every couple months, be like, hey, we got this character. 
And he's like, nah, nah, not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> I'm but saving yeah, it. Um, let's, it's, it's funny how Ryan Reynolds did the announcement. He did yeah. it in a very Deadpool-esque way. Yeah, Like, definitely. yeah, like, what the F, Fox? I was like, <laughs> yeah. you can't have a crossover. I was in blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Which was which is hilarious. So. And then today he tweeted like his face. They're doing the face molds and whatnot. Uh, and then the hashtags was like "f you Ryan Reynolds, I'm here." <laughs> and like they're joking, they're digging yeah, it. Yeah. Like so, I mean, I'm already feeling their vibes. So let's, I'm down That's for this. Great. It's great. You know, back to TV news. Um, we got some back and forth between some you know cast members that Deathstroke will be returning for a season five finale of Arrow. For those of you who are currently watching Arrow, he is going up against Prometheus, and it is a back and forth battle that looks like they're at a stalemate so death deathstroke will turn the tides we'll see which tides they turn and how it'll have ramifications for the characters because that is a uh deathstroke's not a guy you bring in lightly like he's gonna yeah. change the game he's gonna manipulate people uh, there's gonna be some major fallout which is perfect for you know a comic book tv show but in uh comic news uh last week this week valiant had their uh summit you know and it was it was pretty hyped you know like they yeah, were, I, I they totally, had the, I, I totally mean, wasn't paying attention yeah like i said i didn't but i literally never followed valiant on twitter which was kind of surprising to me so i saw this like spam of like you know this is coming out this is coming out yeah. i was like this is so dope they're actually doing like really good social media yeah stuff let, right let's uh read the list exo man war came out recently and that was a big thing mm-hmm. Wait, I I still haven't read the issue, but I did. I was able to get a copy, which is like super hard to get. Yeah, now. I still haven't got my. I did this whole free <laughs> humble bundle donation thing, and they're like, "We're gonna give you a, sp- a special variant cover," and I never got it. And I, I will follow up eventually. But this is part of the whole icons relaunch that we talked about yeah, a yeah. while ago. And I'm digging this look. What else do we got? We got. I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's Britannia. Mm-hmm. And it's called "We Who Are About to Die." That's relaunching from issue one. Seems like a period piece. Really. Yeah, I'm. I'm not too. We're not too connected with the Valley Universe. We're hopping in and out. Um, we have uh, a book called Rapture, which is said to bring back Shadow Man. I don't know much about Shadow Man, but a lot of Valiant, you know, fans are really hyped to see the return of him. So we'll see where that goes. We're coming in fresh, so hopefully we'll take this takes us on a good ride. We have Secret Weapons, which is uh, teased a while ago. The writers for Arrival are working on this, so we're really hyped for that. A lot of fans are hyped for it. Um, we also have Faith in the Future Force. I haven't really been kept up with Faith, but I was drawn when they said that uh, Ivar the Time Walker and Neela will be making an appearance, and it looked like, you know... Uh, Legion of Superheroes-esque adventure. Yeah. You know, they're going through time, and I'm just like, okay, I'm down. Yeah, and Faith is a really interesting character. She was, yeah. I, I read her issue one mm-hmm. uh, from last year, and it was, it was really good, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, classified, which is classified. We don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah, mystery. <laughs> Obviously, Bloodshot's going to have a title, yeah. Bloodshot Salvation, Salvation, which is the Lemire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Continuing his run, you know, changing up his genre style. We talked about it. Bloodshot, Kid, Wife fighting the alt-right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, we talked about that already. And then we had the surprise to us is that they're making a continuation sequel to the Divinity storyline. In which we still need to catch up Yeah, on we're still catching up yeah. on it, but this is, I guess, uh, the aftermath of Divinity 3, which is called Stalinverse, but um, it is called Eternity. The cover looks so dope. They're standing in front of, I don't even know what, but it looks very, you know, like universal time you know you know the, how the divinity characters are so yeah. it looks really dope a lot of people are hyped they're getting these uh kirby-esque vibes so i'm i mean i'm down for any divinity story and 
So that looks great. Cool, cool, cool. And then we have some uh, surprise to us. I mean, we've always wanted to get into Ninjak. Yeah. And so they're doing a relaunch with Ninjak starting from issue one, and that's supposed to explore the other ninjas and the whole Ninjak, you know, story build up or whatever. Let's get some actual Asian ninjas. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Ninjak. He could have been Asian, but I know just know that the live action one was casted as a white guy. But uh, he was originally white. Okay, yeah, they did the whole Iron Fist thing. Ah, uh, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so they're supposed to explore other ninjas. Uh, ninjas. So I mean, Ninjak is uh, Ninja Dash K. So I don't know if it's gonna be a whole letter thing. Uh, we'll see. But um, unsurprisingly enough, they also announced um, Quantum and Woody making a comeback. Uh, if you paid attention in our last episode, we mentioned that Quantum and Woody will be getting a uh, TV show adaptation by the Russo Bros. Russo Bros. directed, you know, uh, Captain America, Civil War, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. They're directing Inven- of, uh, Avengers Infinity Wars. So they're great people. They're great directors, great storytellers, great writers. Um, so yeah, they're going to be doing a Quantum Woody series. They're relaunching Quantum Woody comics. Sounds dope. Some final notes is that they are going to be, uh, they teased a, the death of a major valiant hero in Harbinger Renegade number five. That's going to be Yeah, like that was literally the cover of the, the issue they teased. They're like, warning, graphic content, death of a major valiant hero in this book. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, like, oh, time to catch up. They're going to eat faith. Oh my God. (laughs) Plenty of that. Plenty to go around. Who's not in this list? Uh, that's uh, true. Hmm. Hmm. Dude, I don't see the Eternal Warrior. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying I'd be down. He's going to be like <laughs> ripped apart through space and time. That'd be pretty tight. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to get sent back to hell. Wait, we saw that storyline. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, and then they teased us that they're going to do an issue zero for Harbinger Wars number two. And they also made a statement that they got some new uh, movie writer teams. They're really going to push into a cinematic universe. And We've been down for this. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, that that and just shows initiative, too. Yeah, it shows initiative. And we're wondering, like, who's going to be on that writing team? If exactly. they're making a big deal out of it. They they must have somebody good yeah you know, like oh the dude who wrote this is on our writing team now yeah, so like, i'm, I'm we, curious uh, to see yeah we took the whole writing team for the 15 transformers movies <laughs> no anyways <laughs> anyways dude uh, they, they they had a writing team for transformers that wrote 15 different movies i don't know what's going on what? with that but anyways, um, back into comic news, we got some uh, solicitations out for July oh, that are teasing the ultimate battle with Reverse Flash and Flash. So that you know means he that didn't die. that hints or that maybe, he time traveled. Yeah, maybe he you know got gets brought back. Maybe he regenerates. Maybe this is a different Reverse Flash at a different point in time. Maybe re- the Reverse Flash we saw and New Fifty Two Reverse Flash are different entities. I have no idea. Speedsters and time travel and multiverse is like. Crazy, oh, crazy, but we haven't seen them fight each other in a long time, so I'm so down for this. Stuff from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They're going to write and direct Invincible, which is an image comic by Robert Kirkman, who also created The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't read Invincible, yeah, but... I don't know much about the comic, I but heard I'm that, down to throw it on for learning. Yeah, I'm uh, down for that, too. whatever year they I heard it dropped starts the trailer. Off, I heard it starts off really mild, but I've... People love the series, and they say it gets really good, really hard. Is it heartfelt. funny at all? Or? I heard it's all over the like, not okay. all over the place in a bad way, but all over the place, and like, it's so dynamic. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the writing team of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Like, yeah, yeah, they always write and direct hilarious movies. Sausage Party was whatevs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, that that was whatevs. But <laughs> are they going to do a superhero movie? I mean, did they? Didn't they do Preacher? 
Or was that just Seth Rogen? I think no, both I think of them both of them, both of them creature, do, dude, so. dude, both of them do Green Hornet though. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's another story. Anyway, that's another But story. um, you know, Invincible like out of everything they could have picked, I mean, I feel like they must have had some heart or connection to that story, you know. I don't think they would have just been like, "Hey, we're looking for something to do." So, I mean, I think they proved themselves though with preachers. So, yeah. this is going to be good. This is going to be good. They, I mean, I don't know if they I'm not going to make any claims, but I don't know if they did Green Hornet. I didn't look it up. But uh <laughs> You know, Green Hornet to Preacher is a pretty dynamic, uh, uh, pretty dynamic comeback. If that is, you know, if that did happen, so we're down for this. And then we got a Mississippi Grind. Yeah, so the pair of directors for Mississippi Grind are going to direct Captain Marvel. This is news that came out today. So, uh, have you checked out Mississippi Grind? Mississippi Grind looks like a gambling movie that features Ryan Reynolds' names, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Uh, they d- directed Mississippi Grind in 2015, which was a, looks like an indie flick. Mm-hmm. And it did really well in ratings. So, yeah. Marvel picking these two directors to do Captain Marvel, it seems like a good idea. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be great. And if they're going to you know direct an acting force like brie larson i feel like it's gonna be a good movie yeah they just need to not to call anybody out but they just need to make sure that they're making the right character because yeah, yeah some recent statements feel like they're she's, she's trying to reinvent wonder woman which is kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, larson, I know anyways uh, anyways um you know we're down for more female-led movies you know we got a pair of directors you know which they've done a great thing They've done a great indie movie, like we've seen with the Wonder Woman film. Um, Patty Jenkins did Monsters, de- oh, I don't know, like, felt like a decade ago or more yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she's coming back, and you know, you know, indie they, these character, these directors obviously proved themselves yeah. to be here. And Crazy. you know, with Marvel, they have the whole writing director, you know, class thing that they force all their yeah. directors and writers to go through so I mean even if they're a little rusty it's definitely they're they're not going to put all their stuff into these, uh, yeah. these this this pair if they didn't believe in them so exactly that's good X-Men Gold came out last week or yeah. like two weeks ago and a uh, little controversy the Indonesian artist snuck in a few Quran uh, verses from the Quran uh, they were very uh, anti anti-semitic yeah. uh, just like not having Jewish or Christian leaders in power because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there's a problem in Indonesia going on right now yeah. uh, and they're apparently Christian leaders but yeah so it was this whole thing that he snuck into the art just for the hell of it mm-hmm. he's like not even about it or something like that yeah, I, I, I was talking to, I was talking to a few people from uh, Empire Comics uh, last week and yeah, they're just saying like, yeah, you, I guess you just did it for the hell of it. I'm yeah. like, what? That's weird. And you he just destroyed he your career. Yeah, he literally was like, well, my career's over. And I'm like, well, he didn't care about it. Yeah, yeah, kind of like. It's really out of left field, to be yeah, honest. I have the issue too, so it's pretty tight. <laughs> Dude, that's probably going to be worth a lot because they're right? going to edit that out. Dude. Dude. Hell Dude. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude. Student loans, goodbye. I, know, right? I have X-Men gold. Uh, what a good what a good name to keep you know right <laughs> like 80 years old you're like i have issue one of x-men gold and guys like that yeah, granddad i'm muslim this is cool <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyways uh going into the live action news uh, we have some comic book news biases going on like always fanboys like always. versus fanboys 
news websites going for the clickbait articles. Yeah, this is still going on. Still going to keep going on. Still a thing. Yeah, I mean... Attacking the DC EU. Attacking the DC EU. I mean, I can see why. I can see why you guys are attacking it. Yeah. It's not perfect. It has a lot of flaws. Yeah. This is not going to stop because news websites are getting clicks, they're getting views, they're getting money from... Marvel fanboys who want to see DC fail, and DC fanboys are going to click on the article because they're going to try to prove why they're wrong. So either way, these news websites yeah, are going to pump that. these out. It's let's it's, just not read these anymore. Yeah, like <laughs> unless uh, it's from a comic book <coughs> website. Even then, mm, even, even then. then. Wow. Okay, so right here, Wonder Woman was projected to only make eighty million for its opening weekend. And why is that even a thing? Two months before the movies come out. Why is that even a thing? Pre-sale tickets haven't even came out. Why is that? <laughs> For real, yeah. I think the website was called Box Office Pro, which has been a like, pretty consistent website. Like, I think it was Comic Book Resources. They literally put this article out, and they're like, yeah, so it's going to be the most disappointing DCEU turnout oh. yet. Oh, and why? then a lot of other places Ew. spun with this, and they're like, you know... Suicide Squad, BVS, Mass Steel, they opened up way bigger. This is this is going to make the lowest opening weekend. It's a disappointment. A lot of people are attacking this specifically because this just proved that there's a clickbait bias because, you know, just break, some people even broke it down by the numbers. Doctor Strange, I don't have it right in front of me, but this is what I've heard is Doctor Strange was projected to make $50 million in its opening weekend, uh-huh. and it earned, I think, uh, 82 Okay. And that was, uh, you know, a success. And this is only $2 million off, and it's deemed a failure. And oh, Doctor God. Strange costs $10 million more to make than Wonder Woman. So this movie's already cheaper, making about... Projected to make, you know, more than the other one. That was considered a great success, and this one's considered a failure. It's the spin. It's, it's just yeah, the it's spin. it's the way that they write it, dude. Yeah, so, I mean... These clickbait articles aren't going to go away. Even major websites like Comic Book Resources or ComicBook.com, they're going to keep going with this. And, you know, we just need to get past it. Because, yeah, I mean... Like, let's the more... watch the movie first. Yeah. You know? if, it, if it is crap, if it is crap, then call it out. But yeah. I don't know, like, they're just... To root for someone to fail is kind of annoying. Yeah, it's really... It's just unprofessional, too. Yeah, like, as a fan... You, be, you're turning your way for your journalistic skills and yeah. becoming blog, you know comment section writers i'm just saying like come on guys you can be better than this the community can be better than this we all want something you see something great but um anyways so uh so we posted uh this thing on our instagram the other day on monday night about uh our discussion last week about cyborgs uh cgi versus uh spider-man cgi or just people complaining about cyborg cgi when really there hasn't been that great cgi other places as well or i mean people just complaining that the movie's too much cgi which is kind of a ridiculous thought but no it was really cool seeing all of your guys's uh responses Mm -hmm. and interactions with us if we got like one listener from this whole thing that's like a successful thing so shout out to you if you're a new listener uh from that instagram post Thanks for listening to us. Definitely give us a shout out on Instagram being like, I'm that one listener. I know. <laughs> I'm that one listener. And then we'll give you an even bigger shout out with your username. Ooh. Some interesting responses, uh, you know, like some people agreeing with us that Spider-Man uh, from Civil War did look like crap, mm-hmm. but uh, saying that Cyborg looks like freaking tinfoil, way too shiny to be real. Um, He's a robot who's just created... <laughs> But, you know, one guy, he also said that he thinks it's nonsense complaining about certain comic characters being CGI and how they look. Which is true. I mean, like, these comic... These characters... 
I mean, they could have some practicality to their costumes, but in reality, these characters, especially in terms of the DC universe, are, you know, dramatic, god-level, you know, super overpowered, crazy-looking characters, so yeah. it's kind of hard to, you know, make them look realistic or anything, so we're going to get some pretty wild stuff. Yeah, my only critique of, like, Cyborg, I mean, they still have time to edit it, I just wish that his facial part was uh, practical, because uh, that would have been sick to mm-hmm. see, and then like having his body, like I don't mind his body being CGI. Yeah, I mean, guys, I think the only Tony Stark in Civil War, guys, come on. Yes, Tony Stark in Civil War looks so bad. <laughs> his face was floating. Yeah, I mean, like, and I mean, the movie was great. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we can't gonna, lie and say that. You're gonna complain about one thing and not point out the other thing. Yeah, come on. Yeah, let's be real, like. I'm I'm one of those guys who always gets taken back at every point in any any movie that I watch. While like even even some I'll I'm be honest, even some Christopher Nolan, you know, high quality other director stuff. There's always that one part in the movie where I'm like, wow, this movie's so great, but that scene looks so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know. Exactly. So I don't know. People people are just tripping. Yeah, people like to nitpick. People like to hate. Movie's not done. Movie's seven eight months out you know we're gonna we're gonna get something great like i mean me personally i watched the behind the scenes of you know man of steel and the dark knight uh (laughs) dark knight uh the man of steel and uh batman versus superman and like a lot of the stuff from those movies were actually completely cg man of steel all the kryptonian armor and all that was completely cg yeah exactly and that had a lot of detail in it and i mean this like like other people have said on the internet this is high quality you know cgi that's going into this it's i mean look at the quality that they have at this point and just think that they are doing this for eight more months yeah a lot of the time cgi isn't even done until like you know a month or two weeks before the movie's released too so So, i mean don't don't fret on it you know it's gonna be good if you're not digging it now you know most likely you're not just gonna dig it later that's just gonna be the reality of it but um you know, give it a chance. Don't let it take it away from your, you know, the story experience and your movie experience because that's just a, a constant with CGI. You yeah. know, you know what did look great? Thor Ragnarok. On to Marvel news. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Thor Ragnarok looked great. Don't get me wrong. Okay, no, that's why I said. You know, it looked great. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the thing. It but looks, looks great. It looks great. Now there were some stills in that trailer that. Uh, were were really on point. I really loved how everything looked in the trailer, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, from the set designs to how they're approaching uh, Hella and yeah. uh, everything. It it just looks Aku. good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Aku>. <laughs> yeah, there's some serious yeah. Samurai Jack vibes. But I mean, the tone of the trailer, I guess, is what's kind of like yeah, eh, eh, it's like, that's my friend from work, and everybody's like, you know, there's like that core fan base that's like, yeah, ha, 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 ha. yeah. that's me. There's me. I was like, dude, that was so like, I was so hyped, and then you took me out of the scene for a second. That's yeah. just me, though. I mean, no, no, no. I, no, that's I feel just that. The, yeah, it's just like it's like you know the Thor they want to give us versus the Thor we want versus the Thor that comes out every now and then. You know, I don't know why people very keep praising Marvel for the jokes. Like, dude, they're it's a little overbearing at this point. Yeah, and, I know, mean, they just needed another joke. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people really loved that. Yeah, me, I was just like, huh, huh, what a. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we watched uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, and you're like. I'm mad that I'm laughing. Yeah, I know, yeah, because I was like, this is genuinely funny. I don't yeah. know, but it's too much. Like, it shouldn't be funny. Yeah. But, uh... And especially with Ragnarok, this is, like, supposed to be the death of the culture. Like, Dude, they're, like, 
Ragnarok's going to be our darkest Marvel film yet. And the trailer's like... Eight, <laughs> eight months later. And then it's like they released the logo. And I was like, that looks like some weird 80s chrome stuff. Right. And then like eight, month, eight more months later, trailer drops. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Like, yeah. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2.5. Ragnarok. Yeah, see, I don't Planet know. Hulk. Yeah. Uh, no, oh my gosh. No, I'm like really excited uh, for that. I, I mean, yeah, very curious for the story. But like I said, my, my favorite aspects of the trailer was just how everything looked. And uh, the they had a few, it, they say it's a teaser trailer. It's not a full trailer. Mm-hmm. But all of the flashes uh, that they did of like certain scenes of either battle, mm-hmm. uh, fighting, slow-mo stuff, it just looked awesome but i don't know it's like they're biting off of their own thing they're biting off of guardians which is like and they're joining that whole you know 80s 70s classic songs that we all love in trailers that's like the new that's the new thing before the the inception thing with the wrong yeah yeah now it's it's like retro it's either like it's either you play the retro song or you cover the retro song (laughs) right that's it that's new covers or you just play the retro song it's 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 kind of funny if you haven't thought about it you heard it here they played led zeppelin i don't know it's it's funny yeah i mean my only problem with this is the problem that i've noticed uh in the marvel universe since iron man 3 Mm -hmm. is that the trailers are not consistent with the tonality of the movie. Mm. The only mm. one that I found consistent was maybe Ant Man, yeah, and the first trailer for Civil War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pfft, Doctor Strange trailers were misleading. Movie wasn't that great to me. Um, <laughs> hey, dude, Homecoming. That trailer was the movie. <laughs> yeah, Homecoming trailer two was the whole movie. So, so that's mean, gonna be consistent. Yeah, it's hey. gonna be consistent. <laughs> but I mean, that's just this is just the thing that I have a problem with uh, all the Thor movies is that, I mean, Thor Dark World the way it was you know marketed in the trailers they were like you know this is the darkness from the beginning of the universe an ancient threat that goes before the at the beginning of time before the Asgardians the Dark Elves and I was like oh fuck yeah, yeah. I I'm down. I'm down for this. I'm down. I'm really like into that whole, you know, weird mythological culture, you know, and the fact that these are like space elves from the beginning of time or whatever. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I'm down for it. And then yeah. he showed up and it was uh, Christopher Eccleston, who I loved him. And it's the the ninth doctor in Doctor yeah. Who. And it was a joke. Oh, <laughs> the whole final fight was uh, them trying to prove they can make a portal movie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah anyway yeah thor so. has one more movie let's hope that this is the thor movie that we like because yeah the past two thor films were whatever to me but i'm really i am really looking forward to this one um you know if they do it right and it's not guardians of the galaxy ripoff and it's its own thing and it's like and it's balanced because it feels like it's a more planet hulk right now than it is thor ragnarok but i'm pretty sure he's gonna be there for like an hour dude yeah i don't and know and then I'm he comes of... back with like a hammer and hulk at his side to help yeah, out i'm Wait. not sure i'm pretty pretty nervous <laughs> uh, i heard doctor strange was gonna be in the movie so i'm pretty sure oh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah some people on the internet are saying like you know thor's gonna go to doctor strange and bring him his broken monior and we're gonna get that you know hammer axe mold thing yeah yeah yeah. and uh i mean i'm down if that's real mm-hmm. um you know we'll see what this is but i just i hope that they have something really solid because it's kind of they kind of have a lot of different elements in it that's not can like they're making it seem consistent but it can easily be like all. Like, yeah this. it could fall apart yeah. super fast like hella comes through destroys asgard and yeah. like boots 
Thor out. Right, he ends up in Planet Hulk, and whatever. he like ends up there for like two hours and yeah. trying to f- escape. And then him and Doctor Strange somehow link up, and then they escape. And then and then the, they they go into the Megazords for five minutes. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I don't know, Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I still have high hopes. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm I, really, I really do. I I'm really just, do uh, like the look of it. But yeah, yeah, I'm very skeptical at this point for the Thor movies and the Marvel uni- uh, universe movies, just in general. Um, I'm sure Homecoming is going to be great. I'm sure Infinity Wars is going to be great. But especially the fact that this is a Thor movie leaves me way more hesitant. But um, you know, I'm also, down for the visual aesthetic of the movie, yeah. even though it is ripping off of its you know own universe. Which I guess is kind of a consistency, but it's an inconsistency for the inconsistency compared to the other Thor movies. Yeah, exactly. Also, I don't know. Kind of what worries me is that they said this is like supposed to be the last movie before Infinity, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they said right. this is supposed to be the last movie before Infinity, so I don't because or... Guardians comes out probably at our next episode. Uh, Spider Man comes out in like a month or two. And this comes out right before or after Justice League. And yeah. I mean, yeah, this is probably the... When thing. does Guardians come out next? Or when does uh, Infinity come out? Comes out next year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that's going to be like... I mean, they're filming it now, and I've seen some leaked pictures that I wish I didn't see because it showed me too much of what might happen to some characters. Uh, damn Twitter. But, um, you know. <laughs> you need to unfollow those accounts, bro. I do. I really do. They're really spoiling too much for me. But, anyways, that's my own fault. Yeah, I guess this is going to lay the foundation. I mean, going back into some, you know, stuff that's going to happen, you know, in the next episode is we're going to. Guardians is coming out. And supposedly, from, you know, this is just. I'm just throwing this in there for the MCU stuff. But uh, Guardians is supposed to have five post credit scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many credits do they So need? we'll see how many. Close credit scene store Ragnarok has. They'll probably have like 10. It has a movie. Yeah, they're like, there's a whole Ragnarok's movie after post-credit the credits. <laughs> post credit scene? What you mean? <laughs> you got a post credit movie. That's gonna uh, be nuts. Yeah. Be- <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, I love this. And I'm just like, well, I mean, I just hope they do it right. You know, they can give us a post credit montage, not five individual inconsistent scenes or whatever. I don't know. So I'm just gonna try to enjoy the ride and not have any expectations yeah uh, that, that's the best we can do yeah with anything at this point yeah i mean last time i ex- had expectations was uh dr strange <laughs> and i should have learned from iron man 3 <laughs> but anyways thor ragnarok coming out november uh, looks like it's gonna be a great month for comics november is always gonna be a great great month for movies yeah for so. movies so i mean let's see what happens yeah let's see what happens on the other section literally i watched the DC animated movie Teen Titans The Judas Contract and I loved it. I think it is one of the best DC animated movies that have come out in the past couple years. Uh, I would say it's going to be, you know, Teen Titans The Judas Contract, uh, DC Dark Universe uh, animated movie and uh, Justice League War and then Flashpoint, you know, like those, all those movies have been great. Uh, some of the stuff they've been pumping out a lot of Batman stories. Some of them I've not dug. Um, you know, Bad Blood was actually surprisingly good, but it was an original story. But Teen Titans and Judas Contract paid a lot of homage to the original comic storyline. It paid a lot of homage to the to the Teen Titans animated series. They did some great stuff, like for not setting up Deathstroke or Terra or Brother Blood or even like Nightwing wasn't even like he was, you know, 
they keep teasing him with Titans, but the past Titan movies didn't have the past Titans movie didn't have Nightwing physically there. I think they had him on the phone, but to not have these characters set up and to throw them all into this movie, I literally was at the end of the movie crying. Like they did, so it was so good. And I mean, just to throw it in there, Kevin Smith was in the movie. <laughs> I know. And his scene in the goals, movie, dude. his scene, his his scene in the movie, like it had me in tears, not because of him. But because of the dynamic of him, like, he was interviewing Beast Boy about the events that happened in the movie. And Beast Boy's monologue was so good. Uh, it was so good. He, uh, man, this was such a solid movie. <laughs> you were telling me, dude. You were I telling was, me that was the best animated DC yeah, movie or just animated that, comic movie in general that you've seen? I guess comic movie. I mean, I'm just throwing this in there right now. Last week, I did watch... Uh, in theaters, I watched Yu-Gi-Oh! The Dark Side that I mentioned. <laughs> Not related to any comic book thing ever, uh, but that was actually the best cinematic experience I've had this year. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised. Like, I was just expecting, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a, you know, anime movie, you know, we'll see. And they're like, yeah, let's pay homage to the uh, manga, let's pay homage to the uh, animated series, let's pay homage to the characters, characters that we never finished. They made Kaiba a Vegeta-esque character, where at the end... Is this shown at Tower? Or? Yeah, it was shown at Tower Theater in SAC. I was... <laughs> That's we, we watched it in a room full of, like, kids, and it was kind of annoying at first, but the story was so immersive, I was just like... Anyways, I'm getting off topic, but, uh, Dad, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, check that movie out, because that's going to change your life. Like, they, they go to... They Kaiba. Whew, okay, man. Teen Titans okay. the Judas contract. <laughs> Anyways, Teen Titans the Judas contract. Uh, super solid. Um, like I said, one of the greatest uh, DC animated movies I think to come out. A lot of people, you know, when they do these retellings of comic book stories, they're like they like to pick it apart. Like, it wasn't like this. It wasn't like that. But to fit the Judas contract into the context of what the DC animated you know universe looks like, they did an amazing job. They did do an amazing job. They provided uh, as much depth and as much uh, emotion into the story as, you know, the comic counterpart and the, uh, you know, TV show counterpart. And um, overall, completely solid. Deathstroke was amazing. He was terrifying. He was funny. Uh, Tara, you know, loving, heartbreaking. You know, we've seen this before, but, you know, it was done differently. It was done more realistically. It was done more smart and, you know... You know, they could tell, like, they wrote this movie when the TV show came out, but they weren't able to do it because, yeah, that's how long that they had the script for this movie. And it was because they didn't release it because it was so real and true to the comic side that they had to make that TV version of it, which was pretty, it was really good. But, I mean, they did their own take on the the thing as well. So this kind of took the best of both worlds and, you know, did its own thing. And it was, it was amazing. Like, I really... I'm really looking forward to the day when you check this out. Yeah. Um, uh, that's super dope. Yeah. And then, you know, this just, you know, just to throw this in there, uh, Teen Titans and Judas Contract kind of set the stage for, you know, comic book crossover events back in the day because, it's, you know, they did the Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, and it was the crossover with Deathstroke and all these Titans, and it was, like, built up for months and months, and they did it, and the execution was great, and they had, you know, the aftermath and the ripple effects without the, you know, DC hero community, which was the DC universe at the time. And then, you know, comic books saw this and they were like, I mean, DC saw this and they're like, oh man, this works. And then, you know, you got the death of Gwen Stacy that happened either before or after, I can't remember, but it was really a shift in the genre at the time. And this, you know, was one of the pivotal moments that, you know, led to the death of Superman storyline. 
Wow. So it's something with that so had nice. this yeah. uh, ramifications and the fact that they could, you know, take this and make this their own. I was kind of surprised of how well done it was. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Teen Titans, Judas Contract, uh, pay twice <laughs> for Jarrell's <laughs> nice, comic book nice. movie scale. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's so solid. You know, I could just watch it. Uh, all the characters are great, well written. Like I said. One of the best DC animated movies to come out in a long time. When I have time, I do want to catch up on a lot of comic book animated movies of recent time, both mm-hmm. DC and Marvel. Marvel's released some, right? Or uh, not in a while. Not but in a while. They but went ham, like, yeah, early they, on. Yeah, they did go know, ham. They had, 2000s. you know, that Doctor Strange animated. They had the Iron Man animated. They did the Volt. They did the, Avengers. yeah, they did uh, two Avengers movies, and then they did, like, the next Avengers, which I thought was pretty cool because they did the whole Ultron thing. And then they also had uh, Hulk versus. Oh yes, yeah. yeah I kind of want to like binge on a lot of mm-hmm. like animated movies. And, and then, then DC has been releasing a lot recently. Yeah, they kind of do like uh, two a year, or they, they, they yeah they do two a year. Um, sometimes it's three. They do two that take place in their same animated universe, and they do that third. You know, just whatever. You know. Yeah spin-off story that doesn't have to be connected or whatever that's crazy but um yeah they've been very consistent and you know i give props to them too because uh like i've heard on the interwebs is that you know a lot of the times these movies are just pirated and uh, they don't really make a lot from this and they kind of just, just do it for the fans and you oh, know, that's really cool yeah. you know like i mean i'm sure that they figure out a way to get it going you know somehow and you know we just got to sh- show our support as a community because these are great things and you know uh, if you go to Netflix and you check out like the stuff that the animated Marvel movies that come out in the last two years, you'll see why it's important that we support the good stuff. Because um, I don't know what it was. It was like Black Widow and uh, f- I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was some weird bad CG movie. That, <laughs> I don't. Uh, let's just not talk about it. But you know, support you know good storytelling like always, and you know these these movies don't have to come out and you know they don't make that much money because they're direct to dvd yeah so, exactly. you know we just got to show our support as a community but um yeah teen times judas contract uh pay twice, pay twice nice. uh, yeah how about you Gio? real quick just say it you pay thrice <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're ridiculous <laughs> not gonna lie me i watched the movie with david and we both you looked guys. at each other and we were like dude is this the best movie that came out this year and we we're like yeah like, dude, wow. You ready to go into learning? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Learning. Alright, so it is our second episode of Going Into Bloodshot. Really happy that we're doing this because Valiant is doing the whole icons thing, and I have a lot of catching up to do with Bloodshot, but man, I jumped into the modern run, and vastly different from the classic run definitely (laughs) as we're gonna talk about now you can see why i was kind of weary last episode right i was just like i like bloodshot i think yeah right no but dude so i did um the 2012 relaunch of bloodshot uh i just read volume one which is called setting the world on fire it is written by duan wow swarzynski i'm pretty sure that's how you said duan swarzynski uh, Man, we've been getting some bad luck with the, these <laughs> names. I feel like a professor in, right, in school. In school, just Evan. I'm horrible with names. But dude, yeah, this I was like, I read this. I, I went post mating uh, a couple weeks back, just trying to make some extra money for my mom's birthday gift. 
by the time this episode comes out, we would have given it to her, so mm-hmm. it's nothing, and it's not like my mom listens to these podcasts anyways, yeah. so I, I did Postmates uh, for my mom's birthday gift, and... Uh, you know, just while waiting for deliveries, I was just, like, at the restaurant, like, reading, mm-hmm. or, like, in my car reading, waiting for a bing or whatever, and, dude, this story arc yeah. was freaking tight, man. I was just, first of all, it it starts off with, like, explaining what a nanite is, yeah, which is very helpful for new readers, yeah. and it was even helpful for me, because, I'm, like, I read the original uh, story arc, which mm-hmm. kind of had, like, this mystery thing going on, yeah. and doesn't know anything, but, and it's kind of, like, it shows what a nanite could do, but this, like, this book goes more in depth with what a nanite can really do. Just starting off with that was like very uh-huh. smart on their part. And then even now, like for new readers, this is sick. But for old readers, or like I only read the classic arc, I was just like, wow, this is really showing the potential yeah. of Bloodshot in definitely, its full form. Definitely. Like, dude, he got shot by a missile, and then it just showed him all bloody, uh-huh. and then he like was able to rebuild back after yes, that. Yes, definitely. And then he, uh, yeah, he's able to change his appearance for brief. Mm-hmm. brief moments in time so i thought it was like really cool how they just highlighted this character uh angelo mortali is his name it just oh, like, yeah, yeah yeah um who's also he gave himself a new name ray lazarus so yeah, he kind of yeah. has like the double name thing but in this book the one that i read 2012 it it very uh it, it really highlighted like he doesn't know himself because in in the original classic arc it's him trying to find Project Rising Sun to get yes. back at them because yes. he knows Revenge. what happened. Yeah. This one, he's being controlled by Project Rising mm-hmm. Sun and he finds out or, yeah, like through a mission that they're manipulating him into doing, mm-hmm. he finds out that they're bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is sick. I, I'm digging this that direction. Very big ramifications for the Valiant moving forward if you keep on reading in their universe yes yeah and i'm really excited for that but so this one was like him kind of like finding out him uh like this one paints rising project rising sun as like this bigger entity and like this very evil like Uh thing um compared to the classic run where you just know that they're the typical bad guys but here Uh you actually see what they're doing and how manipulative and in-depth they are they're like yeah they're really all over there like they gave them like several families and stuff and people within project rising sun are kind of like you know escaping and Mm -hmm. like you know fighting back so it's it's like really cool to see and just the introduction of the character of pulse was really cool how she's like a character that they kept in the basement or whatever and yeah she's able to like knock out electronics which Mm -hmm. is like nanites you know but she turned on them to team up with bloodshot the whole thing was really cool very action-packed the action was really mm-hmm. well paced and well written yeah and very bloody mm-hmm. uh which was which was pretty sick so yeah. definitely compared like this was a way more enjoyable reading experience for me compared to the classic run how'd you feel about it yeah so i mean my take of the classic run is literally exactly what you're taking the classic run i was very more hopeful i was like okay i've read the new stuff so i should <laughs> i was like i should love this but um i wasn't i mean to be honest i wasn't really feeling the classic uh bloodshot because i'm just so used to what we have now that you know 
the depth and you know world yeah, and whatnot dude. like he's just so more well defined and that's just the thing with modern writing is that the they, this is a standard now you know yeah they're able to take the old story and mm-hmm. just you know dive deeper mm-hmm. and and make it this their their own thing. yeah and you know since they're newer writers then we get more more depth yeah like yeah. a different experience i mean the classic run was like kind of cool like introducing the character mm-hmm. but even then like it was still kind of convoluted yeah exactly. you know like he's just like oh i need to find project rising sun and yeah it's like more open-ended so they could like have the issues be longer he, mm-hmm. we don't really have a resolve after the first 10 exactly. issues of bloodshot you know this one it's like the one that i read like at the end of it he's like all right we're gonna go after project yeah yeah project rising sun was like we're gonna go after project rising sun and then it's like uh that's hella sick yeah him and pulse and the doctor that he met Mm -hmm. so yeah this this character of angelo mortali ray lazarus it's uh it's really cool i i'm still trying to get a clear backstory of his um I still haven't gotten it from the two mm-hmm. story arcs that I read, classic and mm-hmm. things. So I don't know how they captured him. I don't know who he was in the past. He just kind of hinted that he was like this Italian mobster mm-hmm. in the original one. They kind of hinted now that he was like kind of like army mm-hmm. type thing. So I don't know. Still need to find that out. But I'm pretty excited uh, moving forward. I don't know which arc to read next. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our next episode will be, like, our last Bloodshot yeah. episode. You read... I feel like you read more, but... Um, yeah, I read, I read a lot of more of the modern stuff in the past. Like, you know, Bloodshot, Reborn, and the Colorado arc, and, you know, the stuff in the Valiant. And, you know, every, I've been off and on, you know, the stuff leading up to Salvation. And, you know... Uh, I mean, I guess my off and on has also been an inconsistency because I kind of just like yeah. I feel like I missed some parts and some key story elements, but um, yeah, it's definitely like the classic run definitely feels like one of those classic runs. Like you know when you pick up the uh, classic issue of like a you know, a beloved character, you're like oh I love this, and then you're really like you go into it and you're like oh that was it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're like well I guess you know it makes sense because back in the day you used your imagination to fill in the rest. Of the gaps and now we have you yeah, know we're kind of spoiled yeah. by good story or like yeah. by excellent stories now yeah. so yeah yeah definitely definitely time time is uh mm-hmm. time's funny on yeah. these stories but um yeah so the my classic run you know isn't i guess as enjoyable for a classic run as you could think of mm-hmm. um definitely going to go into the modern stuff and fill in the gaps of what i'm missing I know that I miss like some, you know, transition events and some like Bloodshot Island and stuff like that that I still need to get into. So that's definitely going to be something that I'm going to go into. And, you know, hopefully by the end of, you know, our next episode, next, uh, whenever our next episode airs, um, but hopefully by then we'll be able to like come together and feel like we have a good understanding of who Bloodshot is before we get into Salvation this fall. For sure. For sure. Uh, personal learning uh, this episode is running kind of long so I'm actually going to use a skip <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> so Ken's like, can we do that because I, I kind of want it I mean I talked about Black Panther and the crew yeah definitely um, Black Cloud I I mean before that we even press record uh, I was like maybe I can go into Black Cloud but I have been kind of busy these past few weeks Mm-hmm. I told Zuriel the news yesterday, but yeah, yeah I was just busy in uh, getting a new part-time job on top yeah. of this radio job. I'm now going to be working as a barista 
for Oblivion Comics and Coffee here in Sacramento, so I'm pretty excited for that, and I just started training, and yeah, these past two weeks have been, like, very busy with just, like, filling out applications and, mm-hmm. you know, following up and other stuff with my other work, so my comic book reading has been very, very s- slim these past few weeks in terms of learning and diving into something I'd never read before. Yeah. So. I mean, my only advantage is that I was still dealing in the aftermath of that sickness. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I missed, like, uh, a couple of days of work in school because it got pretty bad. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm good now. I've got a whole bunch of medicine that I have to take every day. I've been to Kaiser, like, <laughs> twice each. Oh, nice. I've been to, like, t- going to Kaiser. Kaiser I have various Kaiser bags. I've been going, like, twice a week for, like, the past three months but oh i'm go- definitely at the end of that whole sickness course <laughs> so what'd you read while you're sick <laughs> so while i was sick i uh i mean i mean like i said before i read dark horses black hammer <laughs> i still it. have it you as black it, yeah. horses black hammer but uh, i mean uh yeah i mean this episode's going pretty long but i'm just gonna you know go and talk about what i loved about it so um you know Dark Horse's Black Hammer revolves around these uh, Golden Age s characters, yeah. very uh, amalgamish. You know, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this character is like he has a like not they're not slick about it. They're they're making it clear, like mm-hmm. you know, Barbalian is this like <coughs> Martian Manhunter fused with like Vision. You know, like these characters that we imagine to be fused together, they have these uh, characters like Black Hammer himself, which is like uh, he was a hero who died and he passed on the hammer. Some of the, someone else who was a good person picked up the hammer. He was deemed worthy, teleported uh, to this planet where there are like new gods fused with Asgardians, fused with, uh, you know, all funny. these other things. Yeah, I mean, it's really like they, it's really funny what they got going on there. These characters like... Um, uh, they have a girl character. I can't forget. Her. I, I, it's been a, uh, like a couple weeks since I, I read this, but um, her thing was that she got her powers when she was young from a wizard who was dying, which is kind of like this whole Shazam thing. Oh. But the thing is that she aged, but when she turns and uses those powers, she turns it back into a little girl. Oh. Yeah, so it kind of sucks. With, yeah, so <laughs> so it's reversed. And the fact that the matter is that um, these characters are all stuck living on this like farm in this, you know, rural community out in the middle of nowhere and they don't yeah. even know if where they are really exist or if it's like a figment of their imagination because the you know, they fought in this multi-level multiverse, you know, level crisis level event. Yeah. And they're all just living in the aftermath and you know, for I like, you know, she the the girl character that I'm talking about um uh, she goes in and she kind of explains that, you know, it's like torment for her because she has to like pretend to be a girl because these are like, you know, it's like a southern town. So she has to pretend to be a girl when she's actually, you know, an 80 year old woman who's had oh, lived her whole life. So it's like mental psychological torture for her to try to lie. So she's like rebellion, make, making these people look bad oh, because they man. have to have put a front that they're not superheroes because they don't know the ramifications because, um, spoiler alert um when they first got to this town black hammer was actually still alive and he Uh tried to escape and the second he hit the boundary of the town he died and turned it to bones so that's when they realized that they're actually stuck here they can't go they just have to accept this yeah and they have this whole background story with black hammer's daughter 
you know, being in the modern time of the comic, like mm-hmm. she aged and she's she's like, I remember one of these times of heroes and she's like a news reporter, you know, typical comic oh, booky yeah. stuff. And she's like, I'm gonna go find, you know, what happened to, you know, my father and these golden age superheroes and she does end up eventually getting to the town in the last issue I read when there's this whole secret thing where one of the other characters ends up erasing her memories of how she got there and they have oh, this whole thing, you know. Okay. Yeah, now she's stuck in there but it's like they have this whole it's really, really comic booky, but it really dives deep, you know, how these things affect these characters personally. Like I mean, um, really Barb cool. Alien, uh, he's was an outcast in his society. Yeah. He was an outcast in our society. Oh, and now he's here he's in this really town. Yeah, yeah, now he's here in this town and he's always felt like an outcast and he meets another person. I'm not gonna get into specifics, but it it is a man. And Barb Alien identifies himself as a man. And oh, okay. he's like feeling that like he's in falling for this person, but it's wrong. Again, oh. he's already an outcast, so why should he go with this outcast? <laughs> but at the same time, he's trying to embrace himself. So yeah. There's like a lot of these different oh, things wow, going no, on. That's a lot of depth to that character. Yeah. And is it like that for every character? Yeah, and it actually wow. ends up. Yeah, uh, every issue um, that I've read, uh, there's uh, six issues in an annual that I've read, oh. and everyone focuses on a different character while pushing, you know, like the pushing, story. pushing the story yeah. forward. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. So I mean, they had this, you know, um, witch s character, and she had this whole, you know, curse swamp thing s yeah. magic, you know, curse curse put on her. And then there's um, the you know character who is uh, I keep saying character, but um, so there's uh, the character called Abraham Slam, mm. who is kind of the one who he's embracing this. He's like, I yeah. love the farm community, I love this whole town. He's like, yeah. I just want to get away from it all. I've you know, I'm the like, I'm the hero that is at the end of his course anyway, so I'm just gonna ride this out. You know, yeah, this yeah. is fine oh, with okay, me. Cool. And you know, he's kind of the hero that's like, you know, I've been through it all, and I'm definitely not on par with any of these, you know, these you know god level characters. You know, yeah. he's kind of that. He is that golden age guy who's like, you know, huh. I fought people in the alley, you know, with my fists. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. this girl can warp reality. You know, I don't fit in. I'm done. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, and then the main character that I want to highlight is um, that other character that I mentioned before whose magic S was named Madam uh, Dragonfly. The uh, uh, shazam S girl character that's stuck as a girl who's actually a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 her name was Golden... Uh, her superhero name is Golden Gale. And they have this, this character that I really... I was like, whoa. Like, they totally meta this character. But his name is uh, Colonel Weird. <laughs> and the whole, like, the whole thing... I know I'm going, you know, ham. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine, that's fine. um, The whole thing with him is that, you know, he was a space explorer. I mean, I'm a little vague on the issue right now because it was really complex, but he was a space explorer who ended up finding this, like, pocket dimension that he went into and that gave him powers. But the whole pocket dimension is, like, that time isn't linear there. Mm -hmm. So uh, he, he keeps going back in there. He can access this. Uh, pocket dimension in the wherever there's the reality there wherever they're stuck in now and he it's making him go crazy because he's reliving the same moments that he's gone through so he's like reliving you know when the woman he fell in love with wanted to come with him in there spoilers and she ended up dying and being obliterated because she wasn't accepted into this pocket dimension (laughs) so he like constantly relives that moment and he even relives his own origin and in his origin, he sees himself as, like, this weird, manip- like, worn-out old man. And he's oh. like, and they're like, oh, what are you seeing? And he's like, oh, it's nothing. But 
you feel like deep down in the character, like he knows because his mind's so messed up at this point. He yeah. knows that his younger self saw him, and his younger self so gonna, knows that he saw him as an older self. So he's kind of got this like Doctor Manhattan thing going on. Yeah, it's definitely Doctor Manhattan asking, but it's like he's not Doctor Manhattan. He's still yeah. human, so he's just losing his mind. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. and like mm. sometimes he pops up into the comic. Like um, there's this part with Abraham Slam, you know, falling in love with this townie. And, you know, she comes back to... They bring her back, finally, because they want to move their relationship forward or whatever. Yeah. And they bring him back, and they have to all act like a family, which they all hate because they're all, like, you know, getting annoyed with each other yeah. because they're all stuck in the situation. But anyways, he comes in, and they are all shocked because he comes in well-dressed in a suit and, a like, you know, as a yeah. military soldier because they, they never see him. So they say, you know, oh, that's my... Uh, Abraham Slime's like, oh, that's my son. Um, you know, he's Golden Gale's dad, but he's never here because he's a military soldier. Yeah. He's always out. And he comes well-dressed, and he's, like, oh, asking, you know, professional questions, and he's, like, being oh, very funny. nice. And everybody's, like, shook because they're like, what the heck? We haven't talked to this guy. <laughs> he's been off and on. He's losing his mind. And then, and, you know, the next, like, you know, by the end of the issue, he's the guy who we saw who was, you know, like, losing his mind again. So yeah, we're like, yeah. at what point in time was that character even coming back, you know, because it's, he's nonlinear. He's popping out, and it's like, you oh, know. That's so great. And then he's they have, human? yeah, he's and he's human. Movie. He's just a regular guy, so he's, like, losing his mind. Oh, and, you know, it's like, it's like very deep, you know, for them to do this. And they have all these secrets going on with him and Madame Dragonfly, because, um, spoiler alert, Madame Dragonfly erased Abraham, uh, erased Black Hammer's daughter's memories once she got into this pocket dimension. Oh, so yeah, they have yeah, their yeah. own secrets going on with each other. Wow, so, so there's it sounds like there's a lot of things there's a going lot of things going on, on yeah. Every single character. Yeah. The writing in general seems like the characters are very inspired from things that we love from exactly, before. Exactly. So that's like really the, cool. The right? whole crisis it's like stealing like an artist. You know? Yeah, and, and they do it on purpose, and they do it, you know, like for us to notice it because yeah. the 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 crisis level event that they fought was this whole thing that is caused by Black Hammer that they talk about, but like you know him wanting to spend more time with his family, failing being a guardian, stopped, uh, let this you know evil entity come. And you know, oh, threaten the that's crazy. threaten the crisis, you know, crisis level event. And his name was the Anti God. He literally <laughs> looked like the Anti Monitor fused with Galactus, fused with uh, Dark Side, fused with Thanos. Like that's it was, hella funny. It was totally on purpose. And you know, that's the, the whole thing with this comic is that it, like a lot of this stuff is on purpose. Yeah, and we're yeah. just supposed to embrace it as comic book fans. And uh, but the story itself is just like super. Yeah, the deep story is so good. Happy. I mean, um, my only complaint was that the art I found is very like inconsistent, uh, okay. and I'm not always digging how some of the characters look especially from like a straight angle like people's faces like straight forward oh, like yeah, their yeah. eyes and nose Just start like looking straight weird. lines yeah yeah that was my only uh you know gripe with the thing but like sometimes the art looks amazing like yeah, you know yeah. the whole kernel weird you know pocket dimension thing but yeah black hammer from dark horse super solid especially if you love the whole you know golden age character thing you know those characters are here they pay homage to their Marvel, DC, Amalgam counterparts. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, if you're a comic book fan and you're looking for some, you know, indie... Some solid some, story, though. Some indie stuff that, like, doesn't connect to Marvel or DC, but definitely pays homage to them. And, you know, it's great storytelling, great character development. You know, go ahead and check it out. Sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. And, I mean, in terms of my next learning, I'm going to be reading DC's The Omega Men, which is this, like... DC space opera adventure thing which uh -huh. I'm just going in because we're going to get by the time our next episode airs we're probably going to see Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. so I definitely wanted to go for this whole space adventure thing and I've 
actually read the preview issue for this, and it actually looked really dark, so it's definitely not going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's funny. But Very it's a good. space adventure, so I wanted a space adventure, so that's my that's my next learning thing. For my next learning, uh, personal learning, I'm going to hop on the Marvel Now app and just okay, like cool. see, uh, or Marvel Unlimited app, and just see what their recommendations for Guardians is, because mm-hmm. uh, they usually do that. So like when uh, Iron Fist came out, they had like this whole like, Colleen Wing close up on like all issues that she's ever appeared in. And, oh, that's like, cool. Yeah, and then like with like oh uh, all these important issues in uh, Danny Rand's life. So mm-hmm. uh, if they do the same thing with Guardians, which I'm like 100 percent sure they'll do, I'm gonna read all the issues that they present and see the movie. So yeah. I'm gonna be pretty hyped. So yeah, that's pretty much it for the episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of we're you know you it, laughed when I was just like, well, we're gonna do an hour. Yeah, I mean, damn it. This always happens, but I mean, we got what we wanted to say out, and you know, you know, we even had some stuff that we're gonna say next episode because we figured this would be too long. But yeah, that's our episode this week, guys. Yeah. So if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagrams, uh, it is at CBI underscore podcast. Shout out to anybody who's followed us uh, after that cyborg Spider-Man post. Super dope. Uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you found us through soundcloud.com forward slash comic book insider. You can check us out on other podcasting apps and iTunes. Ayo. Go ahead and leave some feedback on there as well. Yeah, we love, uh, we want discussion. We want uh, interaction with anybody out there. So uh, feel free to tweet at us. Feel free to DM us. Feel free to comment on any of our stuff. And yeah, leave comments on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, and definitely we're sick. doing more. We got kind of a more basis on what we want to do with Instagram. And then we and kind of social, have yeah. uh, on the moment stuff we're going to do with Twitter. So yeah, I definitely look forward to seeing that. That, you know, we kind of have an idea of what we want to do. So yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, see you guys in a few weeks. Uh, our outro, our, uh, what was our outro last week? It was like super good. Oh, yeah. Comic Book Insider. Signing out. Hey, I don't know. I forgot I don't what it was. I remember what it was. But, it was uh, back to yeah. being bad. Episode six, done. <laughs>